0: No, no. Jobs suck. Um, work sucks, I know. That was for Brad.
1: That would be appropriate if our missing host was here. And with that, I will say welcome to this week's brand new, brand spanking new episode of, of Splatter <laughs> Brains. Um, I am one of your hosts. Uh, my name is Alex. Say hi, Nikki. Hi. Karen, say whatever you would like. Schmellow, Perfect. We are a bi-weekly podcast about horror and horror-related things. And this week, we are missing our one-fourth cohort. Uh, Brad, he is out, for he had the world's very first splatter baby. And we'd all like to to thank him for that. Or not thank him for that. I was going to say congratulate him, but I said thank him? (laughs) Thanks for having a baby, Brad. Brad, we appreciate you very much.
0: Good job, Brad.
1: Because this week's topic is birthing and horror. Nikki's got her arms up in celebration. I'm, I, I should make a bigger deal out of this, because this lore of the, one of the two movies we watched for today's episode goes back to the previous iteration of this podcast, at the Fearless Movie podcast. You've talked about this movie for a really long time, and uh, we did a baby horror double feature. We'll be talking today about... What year was it's alive? Nineteen seventy or Somehow, and I do not believe this. Nineteen ninety. Classic no film, A classic because of Nikki talking about it, the Suckling, which I'm very excited to talk about.
0: I just want to be super clear. I've said it before in one of the one thousand episodes where I brought up the Suckling. I do not endorse this movie it 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 is a movie that is a spectacle and everything we're going to talk about regarding it is crass it's vile it's like politically incorrect like it's all all of the things which is also why I am so fascinated by it culturally it came out in 1990 looks like it came out in 1971 and so I do not endorse any of the things about the suckling stop but, you! wow it's a phenomenal before you go
1: any further mm-hmm. and say that i completely endorse the suckling because it's crass it's vile it's tasteless and i i think it's not as bad as we're putting it out after a certain point but the concept and the first like half an hour is where like all the shit goes down and then whatever happens let's just start with the suckling because i've sort of showed my hand and i want to say that this is a fucking classic for me now i had a blast watching this movie and i'm looking at karen's face going i cannot wait for karen to just tell me to go fuck myself because i while i'm watching it i'm like oh that's not okay karen's gonna be so unhappy
0: and i mostly want to just listen to you guys because i did not re-watch it because i've already seen it twice which is two times more than i have ever needed to but Alex, it's like I'm just so happy because this is what five years in the making of knowing it exists, and I'm so happy for your the rest of your mm-hmm. life, like from the point you watched it till whenever you die, hopefully decades and decades in the future, like you will have that movie memory with I you.
1: went looking to see if any of the many, 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 many horror merchandise companies have made shirts. Like I really want some sort of uh artistic rendition of the creature from this film Um, i'm gonna just give the brief synopsis and then karen will get into your thoughts sorry for not letting you speak uh but um the suckling is a 1990 film uh directed by uh francis terry it has a another title it's also gone by the title which i think is actually the better title of sewage baby uh (laughs) uh it takes place uh in a brothel slash illegal abortion clinic and it stars a main character without a name and her boyfriend going to this clinic to take care of a pregnancy Um, and uh just to get it out of the way up front i would like to say that not only do i support a woman's right to choose but the reason i'm so cavalier about the, the this this movie in general and how offensive it is is because I Don't think that abortion should be a scary thing. I don't think that it's a bad thing and the way they portrayed in this film is so outlandish and insane It it's fun for me to watch but I can understand how how shitty it is, but so they they end up going to this uh, this brothel the main character who has no name as I mentioned uh, says she's not sure what she wants to do and she just goes in to humor her boyfriend as a consultation it turns out she's already been drugged and has an abortion against her will. I do not endorse that. Uh, and the baby is thrown out into the sewers where there was some toxic waste just dumped on a sewer grate. Nikki, go ahead. The
0: baby is, well, I'm sorry. The fetus is flushed down a toilet. Thank you. In the brothel.
1: Yes. Okay, that's, sorry. The fetus was flushed down a toilet in the brothel. Nuclear waste lands on it. The baby goes back for vengeance. That is the plot of this film, and you already know everything that happens based on that. Karen, what did you think of 1990s The Suckling?
2: I hated it. I hated okay. it. Yeah.
1: I wish I could put a sound version of the face you made when I, I passed it over to you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I hate it. I was dreading watching it, not going to lie. I, I watched it earlier today because I don't have a job right now. and. Yeah, I, I put it off. I watched It's Alive first. Watched that yesterday and then I watched The Suckling today. And I knew you were gonna like it, Alex. Just after watching It's Alive, I was like, oh yeah, Alex is gonna love this film. Uh no, yeah, I that it was hard. Both of these movies were actually very, very difficult to watch. Uh and a lot of that is just it it made it made me so angry. <laughs> So fucking angry, and uh, I still don't believe that the suckling was actually made in 1990. I feel like it was filmed in the 70s and then released in the 90s. Um, there's no fucking way. I mean, maybe there is. I don't fucking know, but it looks like it was made in the 70s. Uh, the acting in the the acting the acting alone. I see. I know why you say it's a cult film because the acting alone in this movie was enough for me to go, "Oh wow, okay, this is that. Yep, this is what I thought it was going to be." Uh, within the first two minutes, the two doctors, I was like, you're literally just standing and running lines with one another. There is zero acting.
1: Have, you, have you ever watched most of the, the show Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? It was a British show that they re aired on Adult Swim. It's very mm. funny. And it is a show that is a lot like the first scene of the two doctors walking down the hall talking about the incident and the lone survivor of this incident. But as, imagine an entire show that, under, that is making fun of B-films and things like that. It's very good. It's uh, actually funny. But yes, I can understand why that would have put you off a little bit.
2: A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the one redeeming thing about this film was I was I was actually genuinely surprised at the creature effects. I thought they were much better than they had any right to be. Uh, for a movie of this caliber. So that was probably the only redeeming factor of this film. Otherwise, I give it a zero out of 10. And um, okay, it has a if, redeeming
1: factor of some kind. You have to at least give it a half a point.
2: All right, I give it 0. 0.5 out of 10. Um, but I will say, if you are looking to do a thesis about horror films and feminism, Both of these films, plus obviously Rosemary's Baby, are great films to do a study of that on because, yeah. I will say uh, my favorite part, though, was the near the end where the fetus runs back into... Don't go
1: go right to the end. We're going to get there.
2: No. I want to say this, though, because when that happened... Um, I, I always watch with subtitles on because I have ADHD and the fucking subtitles when that happened said little monster squealing and then it just <laughs> off, all right,
1: all right. and I
2: was cracking the fuck up about it. So those that and the creature effects are my, the only two things I I liked about this whole movie.
0: I have two quick origin points. Uh, My origin points for this movie, one, I am just discovering now via Google that the initial release of this movie was September 24th, which is my birthday, 1990. This is literally two years before I was born, so that is very serendipitous. Two, I found the exact date and moment I discovered this movie and why I watched it. It was December 1st, 2018 at 12.18pm Central Time. It was on Hulu or no it was on Amazon Prime and the description it got had 4 out of 5 stars on Amazon Prime and it just says an aborted an aborted fetus dumped in a sewer full of toxic sludge returns. And I that the rest is history.
1: I It's a movie that I because you've talked about it so much, it feels like it was a part of my life the entire time I've known you. Like you just you represent this film to me like everybody has a movie that i think of like kind of belongs to them and this is like i heard of this because of you just watching something on amazon prime and and the premise has always intrigued me but i just never made the effort and having motivation really helped and so i i knew what to expect more or less because i'd seen screenshots of it i knew what the creature looked like which is really awesome um but also this this film kicks off Uh, with the two doctors kind of talking about an incident, and they're in a psych ward you find out later, and they're talking about a lone survivor at this brothel that they found. Um, And immediately after that scene, we're taken into a sequence where, um, I'm not even kidding, I have the only note I have written down is, I want a tattoo of boobs-out-axe-abortion-nurse. So for no reason, there's just a nurse that gets topless and has a bloody axe, and I honestly thought... Like, I didn't think this is a dream sequence. I thought, this is the movie I'm in right now. Um, but then a moment later, you find out it's a dream sequence of that, that main character waking up from all this nonsense. And then eventually you go back. Um, and I, I just put, like, uh, the, the lone brothel survivor has very bad dreams. The movie starts, and it's kind of goofy. Like, the, the first scene you see in the brothel is a guy getting a, having a dominatrix peg him and like he picks out like she's got like a lineup of dildos and she just like holds one up and he's got a little beanie hat on and the way that the film shows you that he's having a good time is that the beanie hat starts spinning and he makes a silly face like when you get a boner that controls the spinny top on a beanie hat and that's where i was like i want to hear what karen thought when she saw that
2: i thought the bro that initial brothel scene was fucking hilarious um
1: uh-oh, we have to add and, another 0. 0.5. You have a 1 out of 10 now. Sorry.
2: Uh, um, I, And to the topless axe nurse, abortion nurse, um, my literal first bullet point in my notes was, well, tits out up top then. um, Just, here we yeah, go. Right, right up into it. You need
1: at least one <laughs> bare boob set for some reason.
2: But there were so many boobs in this movie. that That whole... That whole scene was fucking hilarious with the, with the beanie. I
1: was cracking up. The, the thing about this film is that obviously the acting is pretty wooden. Uh, I wish I knew more about the director that made this. It was hard to look stuff up because the, the thing that's interesting about this movie and one of the main reasons I was like, uh Oh, what are we going to say? Is that you could easily without making any leaps whatsoever, see this as a pro-life film. And it's very weird. Um, I was reading stuff on the internet about it. I don't remember where it was. Just some random blog that was talking about B-movies. And they mentioned, they imagined like a church group playing this as like the horrors of abortion. And this movie is so, uh, like, who is it for? Because like, it doesn't seem to align with anybody clearly.
0: Yeah, I think that was something that when I first watched this movie in 2018... It was so goofy to me and insane that that's what was endearing about it. And when I watched it again a couple years later, after I'd already been talking about it for a couple years, I was like, I really need to distance myself from aligning with this movie because it is actually like really problematic and it's just messaging. It is very... Regardless of its intention, whatever it actually is, it feels very pro-life. It feels very icky. It feels just gross. Uh, So it's also funny, too, the irony, Alex, that this movie is aligned with me, too. Because I I feel like the second time I watched it, I was like, I'm going to distance myself. But I also know that, you know, that's any horror movie. I'm not watching The Exorcist because I'm aligned with its views on religion or whatever it may be. So, yeah, that all to say, it's one of those movies that uh, you you can kind of watch through two lenses. Like, if you're just looking at it through, this is absurd. It is so fun. But when you're taking apart the nuance of what's actually happening, like when they show the fetus going down the toilet and into the sewer. so gross.
1: Watching so gross. gross. And
0: watching that the second time, it felt very... um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like snuff feeling to me. Yeah. Like it just felt very, yeah. uh, and yeah. even
1: the shot on, yeah. on film. Cause, uh, it's got just like a dirty look to it when you, I don't know if it was 16 millimeter film, whatever was cheap at the time. Uh, cause I can't imagine this was shot on video or like that. They had just like home video cameras. It looks like a movie and It it like, looks like a seventies film, which is probably what gives it that cheap. Look is just crappy film. Uh, but the transformation sequence in general. So, That whole, like they play stuff for comedy early on and then they completely stop. Um, This is something I've also read elsewhere, but like I was so surprised at, I don't know if you remember the scene where um, they finish the abortion and I should probably put a content warning at the beginning of this episode, um, like for real this time. Um, And I will, I'll I'll record that and just say like, hey, we're going to talk about this stuff and I don't mean to make light of it, but um, the coat hanger, the the doctor, she pulls it back together, and it's still got, like, tissue on the end of it. And then she just casually hangs her coat up with the thing still having goop on it, and it's pretty disgusting. And that was something that I was just like, okay, so this they're going for, like, a trauma thing, but it doesn't commit to that the whole time. So, like, once that scene kind of ends, and Big Mama, who is the uh, the madam who owns the establishment who's clearly done this a lot of times, uh, is just just so casual about it that it doesn't bother her, that there's just pieces of goop all over. It's it's gross. But then, then we get the beautiful transformation sequence where everything is just slowly... It's not exactly American Werewolf in London, but for a movie that looks this cheap, I couldn't believe how cool it looked, that it was like turning into this giant creature. So it goes from an aborted fetus that is like full-size baby which is ridiculous in the first place um to a six foot tall muscle beast with giant teeth it's clearly like a person in a suit and they're wearing with like, the whole thing so it's like a full-size creepy thing and it, it's pretty cool and then it starts offing people and that's the whole plot of the movie we've given you everything
0: i and honestly it is it's really that first 20 minutes when You see the abortion scene. The hanger thing was where I was like, I can't with this film. Like when I watched it the first time, I was so just mesmerized by how insane it is. But that scene felt like it just crossed over into crass offensiveness in a way that wasn't fun. Um, But after that whole sequence that sets up what the movie is, I feel like it gets, it's less of that. It's like they front load you with that. And then the rest is just chaos but the um the suckling monster is so so cool and i believe i've seen this elsewhere but really reminiscent of pumpkin head and i almost would consider this a better pumpkin head i think the suckling is a cooler monster
1: yeah i can see why you say that and i hate to admit that out loud that i can see why you were more entertained by the fang beast that actually kills people though Half the people are killed by this, and half the people are killed by the other people in this movie. There's a lot of people shooting each other in this film. Like it, it after the the creature starts attacking, you discover that the doors magically won't open, and the baby has somehow just shot magic hard placenta to block all of the doors or something. It's just gross tissue that just like has everything blocked. And then they have a scene where it shows the outside of the door and it's just the door, but none of the windows or doors will open. And it's, yeah, it's in vain.
0: Um, In light of, again, my memory lane of seeing this movie on December 1st, 2018, and since we brought up the bad acting, uh, kind of in the in the throes of the conflict when everyone's trying to escape the suckling and running around the house and trying to get out, there is a scene that is, I think of all the time, and it is when the uh, some character, I think it's Big Mama, is getting killed, and she just screams, and they pan over to the boyfriend sitting in the living room listening to the screams, and it lingers like three seconds too long on him, and he just goes, she's dead for sure. dead for sure i'm not gonna go look i just get myself killed
1: i don't know what else to do the, the one character I thought was interesting was the sort of uh security guard character uh nobody i mean there are there are names in this movie but they're not particularly more important than big mama and the scene where the monster busts through the wall and just pulls him in and you get to see it in all of its weird uh googly-eyed glory is uh it's just something I wanted to shout out. That's all. Uh, I also have written down in here, uh, the so Axel, that's the character, who I couldn't figure out what the hell he was doing there, the guy in the gray shirt that's just sitting in the lobby. It, it turns out he's Big Mama's son. You find that out later, but you only find that out after he dies. He's the one that gets electrocuted in the basement and then his head explodes. That was another moment where I was just like, ah, that's, this is what I'm here for. This is why I do this.
0: Karen, I want to hear about the moment specifically aside from the beginning and the setup that is the most offensive and egregious part of the movie. What other moments in this movie like made you stop and feel something either very negative or very this was silly and maybe fun, if any?
2: The the one other scene that stands out to me was the the fight. Between Axel and that other guy. And I really I didn't I don't know, maybe because I was kind of half paying attention. I'm not really sure what that whole thing was about. Um and Axel just seemed like a fucking idiot. Or kicks him
1: through the door.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't really understand that whole situation. Um and then the one character that just really like just, you know, your your classic creepy pedo guy uh the one that was getting pegged in the the beginning of the movie he ends up just being like obviously the world's biggest fucking douchebag and he just says all the wrong things and does all the wrong stuff and convinces the girl to shoot somebody is that, because she he thinks it's the monster
1: he's the character that is sitting in the lobby after they're all locked in talking about how rich he is right Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: and that was the guy that was getting pegged at the front of the film.
1: Okay, so. I couldn't tell if that was just another yeah. customer but yeah, it's it's same guy. Yeah, so I'm uh, This is definitely a, a classic for me, but I for all the wrong reasons uh, so it is I We've talked about before where like the so bad. It's good thing. I think is annoying uh, because if I'm entertained by it I enjoy it and for all warts and all and the thing about this is like somebody made an effort to make this movie and as silly as it is it, the monster's cool. And like the plot isn't particularly great, but like once you can get over the, like we tried to be offensive by making this movie about abortion, if you just like monster exists and takes people out and they have to figure out how to escape said monster, it's pretty good.
0: Can we, uh, cause yeah, there's not like too much to say about this it's more of like a remember that scene or like that was ridiculous the ending though we have to talk about the ending super quick there's two there's two parts to me Mm -hmm. like i kind of think of the ending in two slices there's the first part which is at the end uh towards the end when um the the girl who's the main character uh when she's the last one alive in the house i want you
1: to know in the credits it says female yeah, in yeah.
0: in Google it says girl. A girl.
1: Okay, that's probably so what it says.
0: They're already dehumanizing this character, who is really the pinnacle of the movie. Um, so this character, literally called girl, the girl or girl, whatever, she is confronted with the six foot tall suckling monster, and. The scene is she's sitting on the floor, scared, and the suckling looks at her. Its eyes completely change into these kind of rounded, soft eyes. Starts running full speed ahead at her, and as it's running, gets smaller and smaller, and presumably runs back up inside of her. So that's part one, which I'm like, whatever the nuanced message of that is, whatever, but crazy, interesting, funny upon first viewing. But then the second part of the ending is where I'm like, oh great, we're going to just dip right back into territory, this uh, trigger warning. Uh, So the girl ends up in some sort of mental institution, which is represented in all of the horrible, horrible ways that you can imagine the caricaturization of any sort of mental institution is what this scene is. She's there um there. It's assumed that these men are going to assault her and they are, I kind of forget how it goes from there, but they're essentially killed by the suckling that is now back in
1: her. The ending scene of the suckling is nuts and it is definitely back in the sort of camp of the first 30 minutes of the movie where you look at it now and you go mental health pretty serious thing and uh it's very goofy how everybody's like they're like banging their heads into the wall and shit, and it's everyone's quote acting crazy and then yeah you have an assault but you know they get their comeuppance as brad and i talked about last week with nikki
0: yeah yeah and uh just since this is almost like a I'm really happy that I can close the book on ever having to bring up the suckling again. And it's just such a spectacle of a movie that it it's so fascinating from the sense that one cannot believe it was created, cannot believe how the acting, the timing of when it came out. All of these little pieces that's what makes it interesting it has a really cool monster but then everything inside of the movie is just and i want to formally disassociate myself with the with the movie now that we have finally come full circle on seeing it and having the suckling monster in our zeitgeist and now none of us ever have to watch it again Although, Alex, I'm sure you will because, and I've watched it again. It would definitely be be like a
1: share it with people when they ask what's like a very strange premise for a film that you, you know, you recommend. And then they'll come back to me and say, why did you do that?
0: Yeah, it's just like for people like us that enjoy the, the spectacle of just art and creation and horror and just how it fits in again, to that zeitgeist of horror as a whole and just the niche subgenres within it. I think it is a fascinating watch for that purpose, but there is, uh, as with many of the movies we watch for this show, there is not a moral compass to follow or anything to take away lesson-wise from this movie, nor should you. It is problematic in every sense of the word and triggering for probably most People,
2: I agree fully with everything you just said, Nikki.
0: So, oh, and I will not be
2: watching this movie ever again.
0: No, are you mad at me, Karen, for this movie (laughs) being in your world? View? No, no, didn't make it. Oh yeah, the
1: the this is the so this is your repayment for me making you watch Puppet Master: The Littlest Reich because there's a scene in that one where a puppet runs into a womb as well. So. That's just a thing that happens in movies, I guess now. By now, I mean in 1990 yeah. and 2018.
0: It's hard when things like that are not the first or last time you see them by your own choice in movies. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes for myself.
1: The other film that I will move heartily on to is by a uh, renowned cult film director by the name of Larry Cohen. Um, he is known for the stuff. He also made this movie, it's alive. There are three of them, which we can get into later. Um, and, uh, is, uh, made another well-known film called cue, the winged serpent. And, uh, it was really well known for, um, producing exploitation films in the seventies and then continued to produce until, uh, his death a couple of years ago, he died in 2019. So he's, he's pretty well known. There's a very good, uh, documentary about him. It's called King Cohen. Uh, and I, it was really good. I watched it about a year ago uh, in the wild world of filmmaker, Larry Cohen. And they talk about a lot of this stuff. So this is a movie that has been on my radar since I was younger because my parents had seen it and my dad brought it up all the time. And my dad is not a horror fan. He just kept making fun of how stupid the movie was. Um, Cause it's alive is about two parents. Uh, and the entire premise of the film is, Uh, these uh, these two people are having a child and the beginning scene, the child is born and it turns out the child is a mutant who is violent and they end up killing everybody in the hospital room except for the mother and escaping Nikki or Karen. Had you heard of this before?
0: Heard of it? Seen the, the fanged baby image before never had seen the movie.
1: Right, well, I will. I will let you tell me what you thought about Larry Cohen's "It's Alive" from 1974.
0: Karen, I'd be curious for you to go first, since you watched both closer together, and then I will happily follow.
2: Yeah, um, I felt like, especially because of the time. I, again, it just it surprised the hell out of me that the suckling came out in 1990 because. This movie, which came out in 1974, um, felt way more, like, on the nose around the pro-life propaganda it was spewing, like, the entire time throughout the film. Um,
1: you took it as a pro-life message?
2: I did, yes. I, I did, yes. And and biggest reason being is because of the, basically, the demonization of birth control. <laughs> Cause the birth control is what caused this monster to be a monster. Was it it um, was birth control.
1: I'm actually asking. Yes. I'm not messing. Okay. Yes. I, it was the, yeah. Okay. I remember them talking about the, the, the doctors talking about pills that she took. Um, but the fact that she had gotten pregnant well on the birth control, like that didn't.
2: No, no, no. She took the birth control before coming off of it to get pregnant. So she had been taking Uh-oh. the birth control up until the point she wanted to get pregnant again. That
1: changes and then the whole movie. That is, yeah, that's really vital.
2: So, yeah, I felt like it was just on the nose with the pro-life propaganda. And especially at the time when this came out in 1974, um, you know, the fight for pro-choice was (laughs) the same as it is right now. I will say that. Um, So, again, this movie pissed me off to the nth degree. But a a big reason being is the movie's, like, almost 50 years old at this point. And we're still dealing with the same bullshit. Um, it's very disheartening. But the other thing that this reminded me of, and I, it, my guess is whomever wrote this probably took a lot of it from it. But I don't know if either of you know about the um, thalidomide issues that occurred. So thalidomide was a, a drug used for pregnant women in the late 50s and early 60s to help with, I believe, morning sickness. Um, and it caused millions of birth defects um, across the board in like that five to ten year time span because of this specific drug that was allowed to be given to pregnant women and and turned into very severe birth defects um, for many many for millions of children that were born throughout that time period by women who had this drug. So it reminded me a lot of the actual like real life situation um, um, that a drug. That was approved by the FDA. was causing these these massive first effects. Um, but yeah, it was wild to me that I think it was Rick Baker, right, that did the special effects for this. It, that was wild to me because I mean, like similar to the suckling, like those creature effects had no business being as good as they were, but they were great. And again, like the only two redeeming qualities of both of these films were the actual creatures and the effects behind them for me. At least um, these, the, there's just it touched on so much grotesque misogyny in both of them that it was it. They were very difficult films for me to watch.
0: Yeah, Karen, to your response too. There were a couple moments that were very poignantly pro-life, misogynistic. One was the uh, conversation with that doctor who had the worst facial hair in history, and we should make a movie about disgusting men facial hair choices and that are should you be a mistake.
1: anti-beard in general no. okay
0: okay i'm anti bad whatever that guy had going on Anywho, um so yeah there was the uh whole plight uh, con- the conversation about the plight of birth control and then uh, i believe this was a separate man but there was a whole scene that was essentially shaming uh the mother uh her name is lenore that is the mother in this movie played by sharon farrell uh, for uh, considering abortion, so there might be. A, I know we said that she got off the birth control to get pregnant, but there was, uh, there might be some nuance we're missing there. But there were both things they talked about birth control and that causing defects in this mutant baby, and then there was also uh, a scene where she gets shamed for having considered abortion early on in the pregnancy before she had decided to keep it. So that is a no-fly zone for me. Uh, however, <laughs> I found myself uh, and I actually, it'll be curious because uh, this character's viewpoints are flip-floppy in the movie, but the father, his name is Frank, played by John P. Ryan, I actually, like, really enjoyed his him in this movie and found his acting like both over the top, but also, like, perfect for this movie.
1: It takes itself seriously the whole time. The suckling, like, feels yeah. like it's amateur. And this feels like a dramatic film that everybody is just going for it. Like, it is a drama film that happens to be about a killer baby. Yeah. yeah.
0: I found Lenore yeah. and Frank... Those characters, I found their acting to be, like, really good and really fun. Like, what I really enjoyed in the intro uh, or the setup scene before um, she gives birth is there's maybe, like, 10 minutes of just establishing the family dynamics. So there's Lenore and Frank, and then they have a son, Chris, who's maybe, like, 13, 12. But there's, like, some really, like, sweet moments with Frank and Chris and some really kind of fun, like, good dialogue that was surprising to me um so I, so i really enjoyed that and i just think the character frank the father who's really mostly who we're following through his perspective i i found that really intriguing um i have a bunch of little notes in between but that's kind of my overarching thought there's still that like shaming women for you know the the thoughts on pro-life are rampant on the high level at least that's how karen and i interpreted but yeah. the actual plot and how things played out was pretty fun i think
1: it's less about that i'm sure that that is an element i especially if that is but that wasn't where the suckling feels like it was about uh, abortion obviously because it's an aborted fetus for vengeance uh which sounds like a joke movie in, in general uh whereas in this one it's the kind of internal conflict i mean say what you will about it being pro-life if this movie misogynist by 1970s standards, unbelievably so, because the perspective is almost exclusively from um, the father. And I will say that I think it makes up for it at the end. But the way Lenora is portrayed to be empathetic and loving of her child is seen as this sort of bad thing up until the end of the movie, where you know she's acting crazy or like she she comes in waves and uh, the so the child escapes and like for the first hour of the movie, you don't, you only ever see like a couple scenes of uh, it. It's attacking people at random out in Los Angeles. Um, this kind of has the jaws thing going for it where they clearly didn't have like an animatronic baby. It was just a still little puppet. If it was even a puppet. And when it's close-ups, it's a, per, it's a full size human in like the suit. Um, so they, there were a few cuts that were very amusing to that where you'd see it up close and then it would change sizes. Um, but the movie itself seems more like the fear of fatherhood, even though he's already got a child and even the fear of raising a child with birth defects. Like one of the first conversations that he has is with one of, I don't remember who he's talking to about it, but, uh, and they use words that we definitely don't use in 2023.
2: It's his boss. He's yeah. talking to his boss about
1: it from the PR company that he works for. Yeah, so he's talking about having a kid with mental, like he's the mentally challenged child and treating it as such and sort of the fear of that. And that almost feels more like what the movie's about to me is him learning to understand and accept that that's okay. But for the first, go ahead.
0: Sorry, I just wanted to interrupt there. You're, I think you're right. And I want to backtrack in that I think pro life is not quite
1: actually could what be I, there. It's, it's not that I don't think that's a part or a message you no. can take away from it, just that it's not the hammer hitting the nail like it was in the suckling.
0: For sure., no. I, think I, I, think I I would agree I, with that too. Yeah. I think what I definitely I that mean: well that. And Karen, I think you and I are on the same page. I think what I really mean is Lenore is very much shamed for her part in having given birth to this child and like her choices leading up to that. And like, that is kind of a focal point and she's almost judged and looked down upon or looked crazy for the whole movie, even though like she's just as involved as anyone else. in like, what's going on.
1: And so it's, yeah, it's anyway. like a weird yeah. because most of the movies are manhunt. Not a lot happens. Like it's a pretty slow movie. Uh, and the, the ending scene is kind of what's changed my mind on it. Cause like for the first Hour or so especially compared to something like the suckling which is like just it's a lot more energetic i was kind of like okay this is a very serious film about a man wrestling with serious topics and he's clearly trying to emotionally distance himself at some point he doesn't refer to it as a child Uh, he refers to i don't remember what he says but somebody even the doctor's like good for you emotionally distance yourself he signs over like the body to research like and he's toward the end of the film most of it is him trying to get involved with killing of this child. And so like this thing is going around killing people. You see a random woman get killed. Um, You hear about other killings on the news that you don't see in the movie. Um, And then by the end of the film, you realize that, which is so funny how they do it um, where you realize that the baby went home. It just like knows where its parents are. It has this like maternal paternal instinct and it crawls home. And the mother obviously knows that baby's in the house. And she doesn't want to tell her husband because he's going to potentially hurt the child. Um, and she's he's really angry with her for uh like loving this thing. Um cops so show up, they eventually get uh like he asks to help, they hand him a rifle and say, Do you know how to use this thing? And they chase it out of his house and try to find it where it's escaped into the sewers. I don't know why. The movies we watch are all about putting babies in sewers, but I highly recommend: do not put your baby in a sewer. Under no circumstances. We do not endorse sewer babies. Yeah. Um, so he chases into the sewers. They have this kind of like lineup, and they have like a whole SWAT team going after this thing. Go ahead.
0: Quick pause. I just want to clarify: we don't endorse putting your baby in a sewer, okay. but we endorse babies that come from sewers. Oh yeah,
1: a hundred percent. Rescue those babies. Um, so they. Karen, did you want to say something? I know I'm talking a lot. I just want to make sure No, I just wanted
2: to, no, I just wanted to like just a second what Nikki said, like we don't sewer babies from the sewer. Perfectly fine. Don't put your baby in a sewer. Baby baby.
1: chuds is what we will call them from here. on. Baby chuds.
2: That's baby chuds. There we go.
1: The end of the movie and I'm not even messing with you right now made me emotional. Um, when he finds the child and like it's it's really really bad effects when they see it for the first time because you see it sticking out of a sewer pipe there's a bunch of cops with guns and they're looking at this thing you hear it make its horrible cry and it it crawls away and eventually um uh frank finds it before anybody else does he goes up on his own and as he's got the gun pointed at this thing like something kicks in and he realizes like this is my Child, I need to love it for who and what it is. And he wraps it up and tries to escape. And he tries to take his child back and he like regrets everything that he's done. And it is surprisingly sweet for being a movie about a clearly like a styrofoam baby with fangs that kills people. Uh and then he as he escapes the sewers, he finds a whole blockade of cops at the other end of it. Uh, he realizes that he's potentially about to die and he holds his child in his arms. And then as everybody's like counting to one, they're saying they're going to shoot him with or without the child. He throws the child at somebody and the cops shoot the child and that random person. And the movie ends with the very sad parents in the back of a cop car. And you hear in the cop car, somebody say another one's been born in Seattle. And then the movie ends. But like, the build up to that point where it's just a man he's mad at his family he's trying to protect his his, uh, his other son uh he's just just horrible to his wife the whole time and his wife is just trying to reconcile like my child was responsible for this and wants to just bring her child home safely despite anything about it like even though it's killed people And then having him 180 at the end and be like, well, it turns out I actually love my child now that I actually got to like hold it and be around it, which is kind of a strange turn at the end of the film.
0: Karen, you were giggling in your sweatshirt. Do you have something to say? She just goes, no, no,
2: no. no. I was giggling at the, the whole review of like, summary that Alex was giving about yeah, the other I mean, because it was very spot it, it on takes and itself also seriously. hilarious. Yeah. It does. It does. It's and the acting is far superior compared to the suckling. Because yeah. jeez.
1: But like yeah. the last 15 minutes is just cops being like, you have to be the one to do it, don't you? And it's like they're making it a point to be like, he needs to be the one to kill his own child. It's this weird and I'm sure there's some sort of roman or greek mythology that ties into that at some point but it's
0: yeah th- there were, there was definitely a good amount of emotion brought into it cuz yeah that last part of the movie and you're really you're just looking at frank when he sees the the mutant baby um you know we get glimpses of it but in that scene where he's reconciling what he's felt about that baby this whole time and what he's now learning he feels like you're hearing the cries of the baby go from like harsh to like softening because you can so it, it's really interesting how they build emotion through it and we watch Frank soften in that interaction too and it is like at, by the end of the movie you're like damn, I really, well, at least I thought, I really would like Frank to get away with this mutant killer baby and Lenore and Chris and, like, go live and, like, feed it frozen meat or whatever they were going to do. So I do really appreciate that there was an emotion arc that they were building throughout. Uh, One scene, I just have a couple of goofy things. Um,
1: Yeah, I'd like to say it is a goofy movie. The premise is very goofy. It's a fanged baby with a bulbous head. With veins in it that it goes mm-hmm. and it's like clearly like a super loud audio recording and attacks people. Don't get it conflicted. I don't think this is a the super high quality film, but I think it's better than it deserves. It's just
0: highbrow murder it baby. It is, movie. like
1: especially compared to what we just watched, but also it's a murder baby movie.
0: Yeah. Well, I think two or well, a few things. So one, I just want to double down on why I love Frank. There is a scene. I really like uh, especially in the 70s when you have the cool guy who's chewing gum like smacking his gum and so there's a lot of scenes of Frank like this smacking his gum with the orange tinted sunglasses. I love. J'adore. I love um, sometimes they give us the point of view of the baby and do this like blurred mosaic effect with the camera which was super super fun Um, and then in general I just Thought what was so funny about the overall premise is uh, when Frank and Lenora go to the hospital for her to give birth and he, uh, Frank's kind of waiting outside. When he goes in the room, like all of the doctors and nurses have been murdered by this baby and the rest of the hospital is operating normally and they know what happened. Like there's not like a big shutdown. It's kind of like well, you saw what happened in there. You must have escaped. Like, everyone is so lax so... about the fact that a full yeah, so hospital room
1: was murdered. It's like eight or nine people. Yeah,
0: setup, It wasn't like, oh my god, you guys, like, creature on the loose. People murdered. It was like, well, don't go into room four. Like, you should see what happened in there. We the just ace ventura. So, yeah. Do
1: not go in there.
0: Yeah, and then, like, they're all, like, pretty chill. They're like, yeah, well, it was the baby. Like, there's no other... They're not like, there must have been a murderer in there. It's just like, yep, it was that creature that was just born. And that's when it gets a little kind of, Alex, to your point, uh, Frank is having conversations with cops that are like, well, it's it's an animal. We're going to treat it like an animal that has killed people. And that's when Frank is like, this isn't me. He's not like, this creature isn't part of me. And so that's kind of where you establish that message of fatherhood that you're alluding to so anyway I just thought that their treatment of the fact that people were like getting killed was great and then um my the final note I like really really want to touch on because it's extremely niche but important there's a scene or like kind of early in the movie where Frank goes down to the basement because he like hears something and he goes to turn on the light and the light isn't working and then there's a fake out jump scene but it's a a bunny, a big bunny pinata that falls on him. And I just want to note there were two pinatas in that basement because behind him there was a bull pinata. So they had a big bunny pinata and a bull pinata in full tact. We have two kids now. And I just thought that was interesting. They were preparing. Because
1: well, the child that they sent away, I think his name was Charlie?
2: Chris? Chris? No, Charlie was the friend. Okay. Uh, I think Chris was the, yeah. the kid. Who he name. sends
1: to, Yeah, I think his brother's house and. Or some sibling on some friend. Yeah. So he's the kid's yeah. not home for all of this until later. And uh, oh, I I didn't even mention it when they find the baby in the house. The way that you figure it out and you get like the horror movie tension building is the milkman earlier in the movie drops off like five or six yes! bottles of milk, and it just has an establishing shot of empty bottles of milk just sitting there. And you're like, uh oh, the baby's here. Like the baby opened them and just drank them and then closed them again
2: the de- the the death of the milkman for me was just I found it pretty hilarious because of just the milkman trope of you know Being the f- mom has an affair with the milkman mm-hmm. kind of a thing and the fact that it was the milkman the milkman was one of the people the the monster baby He's pulled in you, you just after. see legs
1: you just out of, yeah like the the front part and of then the it's truck. just
2: like the kind of rivers of milk that slowly turned the rivers
1: of milk i forgot about that (laughs) just okay so it's a little schlockier than i've let on maybe just a little
0: also like the assumption is up until that point is that this baby is has a hunger for blood and meat and that's like its sustenance but for it to be like but I am a baby, and I do need milk because I'm growing. Is like really lovely as well. Like they have a freezer full of meat that the mom ends up like feeding the baby, but also need milk.
1: Like if someone's gonna clip that and sell your clips on the internet, you gotta chill with that stuff.
0: You're lucky I haven't done the mommy milky. Jesus Christ, voice I, and I'm not going I've... to
1: when i posted the mother's day thing with the dead alive mom i knew you were gonna say something about it i was like nikki's gonna make some joke about the boobs and you did and you did not let me down so thank you
0: it wasn't a joke it's serious it is
1: serious you are correct
0: mommy milky serious Uh, yep but anyway two pinatas in the basement how about that
1: how about that so the moral of the story is um too many pinatas zero stars
0: one pinata per child. That's it's law. Yeah, that
1: is law. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I, I I liked this movie. It's you know, something I would not watch again, but it was entertaining enough. But it, it would you it is a little Would slow.
1: you yeah, it is slow. It's a slow movie. And the thing is is it builds up and it clearly didn't have the budget to show money, but there's not a lot of creature in the movie.
2: The, <laughs> I'm gonna admit this to y'all. So when I looked up It's Live uh, to to rent it. I rented the wrong It's Alive at first. Um, and I realized it about like three quarters of the way through the film and was like, the fuck, this isn't about a baby. This is about a monster in a cave that a dude's trying to feed people to. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, there's multiples of this film. Um, the other It's Alive came out in 1977. so uh, I figured out the right one. So I spent... I wasted a whole dollar on a it. It's Alive rental because it wasn't great. Okay.
1: Also, what do you know? What no, years? the
2: other It's No the movie oh. I watched the other It's Alive was 1977. I understand cause... which is why I was like, oh, it's a 19 It's Alive made in the 70s. How, how many of them could there yep. be?
1: Yep. I mean, it's a generic. Two. They obviously they make the reference to Frankenstein's monster early in the movie. Yes. About they very much the do. whole. I I think that's a meme at this point where the it's not it's not. You know, Frankenstein was the name of the scientist, not the monster kind of thing. But they go through a whole, like, inner... Well, not an inner monologue. He says it out loud. But Frank is just talking about, when I learned that Frankenstein was the creator, and he's, you know, aligning himself with that. So it's, it's pretty dramatic.
0: Yeah, I just... I can't get over Frank. You guys know what I mean with the gum-chewing scene, where he's just like this. Yeah, you're funny. Smacking the gum. I didn't write it down Even for this Frank's, movie, man.
1: but... Uh, for, um, the, uh, for the suckling, I wrote down. So toward the end of the movie, um, that when the two horrible security guards are going into the, um, the room, the recess room or whatever it is for all of the patients at this hospital, there's a guy who's at a desk and he's like smoking in this hospital. And I said, smoking hallway desk guy is Nikki's type. I always like take a look for that I'm like the scummier they are I'm like that's a Nikki guy right there
0: don't threaten me with a good time um one other note I had written down well two actually two quick ones there was a little bit of a misnomer at the beginning where I was like oh this is gonna be just as low quality as the suckling when we're following Frank either through the hospital or through the house you just see the shadow of the cameraman for the entire scene which I thought was charming, but the whole movie was not like that
1: I did not see that, but I wish I was looking for that because that's very funny
0: it was very, it was pretty early on and then second there's a scene that was like almost like a shock laugh, but when the cops are looking for this mutant creature, they end up in the side yard of somebody's home with a blanket on the ground and like an actual like like gerber looking baby and then there's just this scene of a gun like pointed at like a happy healthy baby like sitting on a blanket in the side yard next to dirt and i was like this is actually like visually shocking to see because we don't get to see any like quote unquote normal babies in these movies they're just like creature that are made of like plastic and foam do you guys know what i'm talking about where they like accidentally point a gun at like a regular baby Oh
1: yes, yeah. Okay, that was a that was a highlight for me because that was just definitely like a insane scene where they all like run to the the yard and you think that it's they think they're on the baby and it's just a regular ass baby sitting like ah and they're all pointing guns at it. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and, like, some mother, like, in 1974, like, volunteered her child to make $200 to get a bunch of guns pointed at him while he sits on a blanket.
1: I hope that at one of the cons that we end up at at some point, be it, you know, Days of the Dead, Comic-Con, whatever, that person, that baby, is still alive and is like, I was the it's alive baby, but not the one you think. That was the one that had guns pointed at me in one scene.
2: It's like, uh, oh, shit. Fuck, what was I... It's gone. Nope. And it's
1: gone. gone. Wonderful. Uh, Any final thoughts on It's Alive?
0: No, but I think in general, I just think it's real dicey territory to make horror movies about the birthing process of babies because you're probably going to be wrong or offending a lot of women. Well,
1: there's... there's a lot of other much more sensible films that can make this. the like Prevenge. That was that was pretty entertaining. I don't know if you saw that. I forgot her name. Uh, Alice something or other, UK actor, and it's her baby is telling her to kill people, uh, like from from within. But like she wrote and directed it, and it's 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 pretty good. I'm trying to think of other examples of like pregnancy horror because like obviously there's Rosemary's Baby. There's a couple problems with that baby. film, aside from it being incredible, because I do agree it's an incredible movie. Um, because Rosemary acts like a human the whole time, but then it was directed by Roman Polanski, and I have to be sad about that.
0: The fly, we get to see Gina Davis in a dream sequence give birth to a fly human mutant baby. A, a I do Flumin. like that. Yeah. You yeah, know, a fluen.
1: Yeah.
0: Alien, kind of. It's there's a lot of Feminine undertones to the xenomorph and the of the stomach burst. Oh, that's in. true, but that's from a film theory class.
1: I've said this before in the past, but the only film class I took, I accidentally took, and it was all Clint Eastwood. So I just watched the entire semester's worth of Clint Eastwood movies. I've said that I had in the podcast, haven't I? It was just no, I signed up for classes, not i just looked at like the name of the class and it was topics in film and i didn't click like details when i was signing up for classes and it was topics in film colon clint eastwood so going through his uh, acting career and then as a director so yep
0: i feel like that explains a lot about you somehow i don't know why but it not
1: not really the guy i was on the list of being like i want to watch a lot of his movies so
0: but oh karen sorry did you just get yelled at by charlie no he sneezed on me (laughs) oh we were i don't know if you listened to our last episode but we did have a full deep dive conversation on the name of your other cat who you seem to potentially love less and i don't know her name but she has the hashtag princess of darkness how dare you bianca i don't love her less
1: Nikki, I I everything, every joke we made about that out of the episode, and I only left the Charlie pooping part.
0: I know, but that's why I'm telling you now. (laughs) I had a theory. I just didn't know her name, and I scoured your Instagram to find her real name, and I could only find the Princess of Darkness hashtag. Back in 2019, by the way, she doesn't have a solo post since 2019. I put her on my stories solo. Okay, I have to check your stories. Look
1: at her stories. Come on, Nikki.
0: Sorry, that's my bad. She gets equal play as as Charles does. I believe you. I believe you. So, Nikki, I love I her. She's Social my little media. princess of darkness.
1: I actually,
0: I'm sorry, like, I
2: said anything. She's a creature of the night. I was actually, she was laying up here, but we
1: would have got away with it if it I'm- weren't for your mouth, Nikki. <laughs>
0: what else is new? No story? am My yeah. freaking. Line? Karen, did
1: you hear about? I yeah, I posted the clip, but did you, did you hear what we decided your death would be? Your ironic death?
0: I don't... No, I don't think Uh, so. So, like,
1: Nikki said that um, she would be turned into a human cheeseburger and cows would eat her. Brad said (laughs) the the comic book that he's looked for for his whole life, he would put it on a shelf and the shelf would kill him. And I said that I would be, (laughs) um, I don't know, killed by a giant sweat bead or something like that. It it was a cop-out answer. I should have done something better than that. But we said for you that the rug would... Uh, you you would like go in to check to see if Charlie had pooped on the rug, and it turns out the rug is actually like you know when you step in a puddle and it's way deeper than you think it is. So it would just quicksand death in Charlie's shit. So
0: like a never-ending story <laughs> yeah. how Bastian the horse dies. The real swamps of sadness is Yeah. But it's just Charlie's so slow. You're just like slowly <laughs> getting deeper into Charlie's shit and you're like, oh God. <laughs> Nick. That's that's kind of what it's been like for the last seventeen years. So, I mean,
1: <laughs> Nikki, do you have any would you rather's for us this evening? You can say no.
2: Oh, I yeah. mean, would you yeah. rather the suckling baby or the it's alive
0: baby? In what capacity? Yeah, that's a good. Question. As your baby, <laughs> the suckling baby seems to do more in my favor.
2: That's how I feel.
1: You expect, I mean, I would, do you want it back in I would you? say the
2: suckling baby I mean if it's going to protect me from men sexually harassing me and sexually assaulting me then yes Yeah.
0: and if it has the potential to become a big strong healthy mutant baby suckling mutant baby that's cool and I mean the it's alive baby has a devastating ending so. yeah. oh, that's
1: true it's chucked at somebody and then shot yeah, yeah okay
0: also, you know how you're talking about how the mutant baby like found its way home? It also found its way to Chris's school because it knows where its older brother goes to school and like I know. Around I was, there. So I was thinking about that. Yeah. I was like, that's
2: what I was that's exactly. Like that. I was like, it while watching it, I was like, what does it just like sniff out its own DNA pool? Like, what the fuck? I don't
1: know. It's got superpowers, it's got fangs and can attack people and kill them like in quick succession.
0: Would you rather be killed by the suckling baby or that it's alive baby? It's a
1: live baby. It's faster for sure. The suckling baby feels like.
0: I'd say so. It's like,
1: it's, it, I don't know. It's more of like a rip and shred. It strangles kind of you
2: to death with its creepy umbilical cord thing. Weird hands.
1: Yeah. The baby, the it's like baby yeah. is a baby. It's way funnier to be killed by something tiny than something my size.
0: Would. Oh God. Okay. I have like one half of this. Would you rather drink a full bottle of that milk that the milkman delivered? Or would you rather have to eat one of the weird frozen meat things in the freezer? There was like a bunch of like stacked up little like square frozen meats that she was feeding them.
1: Yeah, which is grosser, the dairy industry or the 70s specific? I just think of all the gross ads of like, Yeah. Canned meat in the 70s. For some reason, 70s meat is just grosser than any other time. That's probably not actually true. Just seems like it.
2: I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm going to have to go with the meat situation because that that milk would just run right through me. And it's just
1: sitting outside for a while. At least the meat's frozen.
0: Yeah. And I don't, that truck didn't seem cold. It just seemed like a hot, back of truck.
1: It was just all hot whole milk just sitting in there. Uh I'm gonna have to take uh getting killed by the baby again as my answer to this question.
0: That's fair. I'd go with the meat.
1: I mean if I'm just actually playing along with the rules probably the meat yeah.
0: Because I don't know.
1: Well speaking of the meat. Nikki where can you find us on the internet?
0: Instagram at Splatterbrains Facebook, look it up. Uh Gmail brains splatter at gmail.com.
1: And on that note, welcome to the world, Brad's new splatter baby. This one's been for you. I hope in twenty years time you listen to this episode. Splatter baby farts. You're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>